Welcome to North Bay Christ the King. You're listening to our weekly service message podcast. Join us every Sunday morning at 9.30 and 11 o'clock at our campus location in Birch Bay, Washington. Thank you for tuning in. He'll be back next Sunday. But today I get to stand in for him and talk to you about something that is of critical importance. Uh, Let me begin with a question. As you think to the events of this past week, how did Jesus make a real difference in your week? Or did he? And as you think ahead to the week to come, how how can Jesus make a real difference in, in these days ahead? Or can he? The last uh, couple of times I've had the opportunity to speak, I, um, I've talked to you about hot faith, and I've talked to you about hungry faith, and today I want to talk to you about life-changing faith, subtitled, Really Experiencing Jesus. Now, lest you think I'm a one-pony circus, and all I can talk about is faith, the answer is no, of course not. But I've really felt led by God to to complete this uh, as a trilogy uh, on faith. And uh, the answer is also yes. Because you can't talk about Christianity without talking about faith. It's everything we're about. It's uh, it's what we're uh, we're about here this morning. And uh, what we're going to talk about this morning is at the very core of that. It's at the root of that. It's at the heart of it all. Your experience with Jesus will depend on what you do with what you hear this morning. Now, faith, we understand, is is foundational to everything that we are as as believers in Christ and everything that we experience in relationship to God. Faith is why we established this church. Faith is something that moves us beyond a mechanical participation in in a time like this and beyond religion and beyond religious practices and beyond knowing about Christ to a place where we can really begin to experience Christ in every aspect of our everyday lives as we move toward an eternity with him in heaven. God, help us more experience more of you. Amen? So today I, I, I'm urging you to really listen, not, not so much to me, but listen to the Holy Spirit. As I've prayed ahead on this message and prayed for us, I've been praying that the Lord would speak to each and every one of us, regardless of how old we are, regardless of who we are, that there's something here the Holy Spirit will use that will really be impressed upon us to help us experience Him more deeply. So be attentive to that this morning. Be attentive to what He may be saying to you. And the passage that I've chosen is a familiar one to many of us. It's a, it's a, it's a wonderful passage in which Jesus' disciples thought they were just going through the motions of getting from one place to another. But as they crossed this lake, it says, which is the Sea of Galilee. But Jesus had something in mind. He turned that time into an opportunity to challenge and build their faith. And so, as we seek to do that this morning, I, we had, that song we just sang was a fantastic prayer, wasn't it? But I'm going to invite us just to bow for a moment as we continue in that spirit of prayer. And just, just make this your prayer to God in your heart this morning. And just say this to, to Him. Just, Lord, thank You for Your Word. and Help me to hear it. 
Help me to receive it. Help me to live it. Whatever you want me to hear and to do today, I surrender myself to that. In Jesus' name, amen. John chapter 6, beginning at verse 16. When evening came, his disciples went down to the lake where they got into a boat and set off across the lake for Capernaum. By now it was dark and Jesus had not yet joined them. A strong wind was blowing and the waters grew rough. When they had rowed three or three and a half miles, they saw Jesus approaching the boat, walking on the water, and they were terrified. But he said to them, It is I, don't be afraid. Then they were willing to take him into the boat, and immediately the boat reached the shore where they were heading. And by the way, if you want to take notes, there should be an outline in your, in your bulletin today. Because I want, to, I want to talk about several life-changing lessons from this passage, some of which I take from the context here, but some of which I take from the lives of the disciples, and all of them are important for us. But let's begin with the context. It's largely centers in a time of a storm, a storm. Now, it seems a little funny to talk about a storm in August in Birch Bay, but, but we have them. We have them. And one of the reasons that we love living here in this part of the world is, is, the, is the moderate climate, right? We, we don't have the extremities that they have in many other places, even at this time of year. We love that about this part of the world. But while we don't have a lot of big storms here, we do get them, don't we? Witness last December and the, the waves that were pounding our shore and destroying our road down here and blew through that restaurant and it was, it was quite a deal. And we have one of those about every four or five years here. But storms are just part of life. Storms are unpredictable. Storms are definitely uncontrollable. We cannot control the storms. We just have to go through them. They happen, and we have to go through them. And that was true of the disciples in this, excuse me, in this moment. They're about halfway across the Sea of Galilee, and they've just left a scene where Jesus had worked a miracle in feeding thousands of people with just a little bit of food. And they wanted to crown him king. One source says this, and I thought this was important. He said this, uh, he said, huh, I lost something. (laughs) Something didn't print off for me. That's okay. The idea being here, what he was stating was that that Christ had a lesson for them to learn because they needed to realize that their concept of him wasn't to be shaped by the crowds that they'd just been part of. Do you realize that one of the reasons that a lot of people reject Christ or resist Christ is the understanding or the impressions they've gotten from others who don't really know Christ or who give a distorted idea of what the kingdom of God is about or what knowing Christ is like, or knowing Christ, uh, what that means, or what it involves. And they think, if that's what Christianity is about, it's not for me. And I would, I'm sure some of you people know people like that. I do. And even in the church, we can let our thinking sometimes be shaped by others, such as when we allow the media or the norms in our society, or the idea of truth that's based on popular opinion guide our thinking rather than the Word of God and the Holy Spirit. The church 
in our society is facing constant criticism for teaching certain moral lifestyles as right or wrong and basing what's right on what's righteous. And all, all we have to do is look at examples in the, in the news, such as the bill that's being entertained in California that would make it illegal for churches to say anything that would disagree with the homosexual lifestyle. Or we can even let the opinions of others who are in the church influence us more than our own understanding of God's Word or our convictions by the Holy Spirit. I remember as a young adult, Having a, uh, well, I had a number of friends, but one of them in particular was, was part of the charismatic persuasion uh, of the church. And she was insisting that you, you could not be, uh, that, well, that the main evidence of being a Christian was that you spoke in tongues. Now, I didn't really believe that, but I wanted all that God had for me. So I prayed with her. I said, Lord, if, if you want me to have that, then give me a, another language. Give me a tongue. Tongue, language and tongues and, and I prayed and nothing happened and nothing happened and it never happened and I do believe that it is a gift that God gives to some but he didn't give it to me and I, uh, I know I have no doubt about the reality of Christ in my life and I believe it's evidenced by the transformation of my life and the, uh, and the fruit of my life the fruit of the Holy Spirit in my life and this undeniable sense of God being with me, His Christ being with me present every day. So my first life-changing lesson is this, if you're taking notes. It's, it's this, if you really want to experience Jesus, you need to ask yourself, who's shaping your relationship with Christ? Who's shaping your relationship with Christ? And who's shaping your faith in Jesus? Is it being shaped by the world around you or by God's Word and God's Spirit and your personal experience with Him? And remember that even experience has to be subject to the Word of God. If, if your experience contradicts Scripture, question your experience, not the Word. But these disciples, Jesus was trying to teach them that, that this crowd that wanted to crown Him King and what they were thinking about Him wasn't to be their own thinking. They needed to learn something else. They needed another way. So ask yourself that question if you really want to experience Jesus and answer it honestly and humbly. Back to the context, it's the storm, there's darkness, there's, there's waves crashing, there's, uh, uh, there's wind blowing. And I like that picture because it can represent many times in our own lives where we go through personal storms. We all have them, stormy situations in our lives or our work or our families. It might be uh, in relationships, it might be uh, in our health or our finances, it might be from a significant loss in our life or a significant change in our life. It could be a, a variety of things, but something that happens that sends us into a bit of a tailspin or an emotional struggle or a personal trial. And for the disciples who were caught up in the storm, all they could do was just keep rowing and keep rowing and keep going. And thank, thank the Lord they did. But sometimes that's all we can do in the midst of those storms. You will have storms in your life. There'll be seasons, some of them short, some of them longer, when you will have those times of challenge. And you, you're just going to have them because you, you live in a world that's full of conflict and, and struggle and, and sin. But some, some of those times are going are to come and maybe you're in one of those right now. Sometimes a solution comes quickly 
Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it doesn't come at all, or at least like we think it will. But don't be surprised at the storms. And some of you may be in one of those stormy periods right now. And my, my word to you this morning is this. Here's the second life-changing lesson. If you really want to experience Jesus, keep rolling, keep going, keep trusting, keep praying, because you know that He loves you, and you know that He means what He says. Such as that He works all things for the good of those who love Him and are called according to His purposes. I can't tell you how many times I've needed that verse, or how many times you're going to need it. It'd be a good one to memorize. But no matter what the circumstances look like, lean into your faith like those disciples had to lean into their oars and keep going, keep rowing, because Christ will never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He'll be with you through that storm. And believe it, because it's true. I'm sure, I'm sure that in the moment, his disciples must have questioned, wondered, where is Jesus? Why doesn't he do something? And we all have those times I can remember when we were living in the northern part of BC and, and uh, we had a, a quick melt. There's a lot of snow in the winter up there. And we had a quick melt and our house was on a lower level than the neighboring houses. And, and with that quick melt, the snow uh, began, it turned into a river actually, a small stream of flowing down off the neighbor's property onto our property. And because of the contour of our yard, it took a quick turn over toward the basement, down the steps and into our newly renovated basement. And as our basement was filling with water, Diane and I were out there in the middle of the night bailing water and trying to get this sump pump to work. And and I I am really inside. I'm screaming, God, where are you? Why, Why don't you do something? Why are you letting this happen? And I was the pastor of the church. So we all have those times. And there's times that we're just going to have to keep going and keep rowing, keep trusting Jesus and keep looking to Him until He sees us through. So that's an important lesson for us as we walk by faith. Jesus does show up here and He'll show up in our circumstances. He shows up in a way that they could have never expected, walking on water. Imagine that. No wonder they were terrified. But here's the next lesson I know what I did. I confused my pages. That's okay. Um, Pardon me if I seem a little scattered. I'm fighting a a cold, a summer cold. So bear with me. But here's the lesson. Here's the lesson. If you really want to experience Jesus, always remember to expect the unexpected with Christ. Expect the unexpected with Christ. He will not always do what you expect Him to. He will not always answer your prayers in the way that you pray. He will not always do what you think that he should. Expect the unexpected with Christ. And like the disciples then, for us now, every one of those situations is going to either be an oper- a time when we shrink back in response uh, of fear, uh, or we embrace and experience Jesus in fresh and new ways. If we don't do that, We'll miss what God has for us to experience, including His power and His miracles. But if we don't, we'll fail to miss out on that. And we may survive the experience, but we may miss God's purposes that He had in mind for us. I think one of the great things about knowing Jesus is knowing that even though you don't know what's going to happen in any given day, 
You don't know what's going to happen tomorrow or Tuesday or Wednesday or any, any day that's ahead. You don't know, but He does. Even though you don't have everything that's needed to deal with it, He does. Even though you don't know how to get through it or make sense of it, He does. He wasn't surprised by the storm. He had a plan in mind. He had a bigger picture than just surviving the waves. And it'll be the same for you. He'll have the same in mind for you. Jesus cares about every circumstance in your life. And he will work in every circumstance in your life. But expect the unexpected with Christ. That's an important lesson of faith. Now the opportunity here and at other times, was for the disciples to experience and know Jesus in a deeper way, but it depended on how they responded. And this was certainly true in the experience with the crowds that they had just left. The crowds had experienced miracles by Jesus, and, but they couldn't see beyond those miracles to see Jesus for who he really was. Most of the time when Jesus worked miracles, what people wanted was more miracles. But what he wanted to accomplish in this time was for his disciples to want more of him and experience more of him. And so while Jesus is dismissing the crowds, he tells his disciples, get in the boat, launch out, I'll meet you on the other shore, knowing full well what was going to happen before they got there. And this called for something that might seem a little insignificant at first, but I think it's very significant. In order to pursue Jesus, those disciples had to step out from the crowd. They had to leave the crowds. They had to leave the security of the beach and launch out into a body of water at night that, where the conditions change rapidly and can become very nasty, as they did. But they had to step out, and they had to, to leave the crowds. You know, uh, they would never know Christ. They would never experience Christ in a, in a deeper way if they stayed with the crowds and played it safe. They had to take the risk of being different, of following Christ's instruction and obeying His direction, even if they didn't yet understand why. Friends, your experience with Jesus will be dynamic and real and personal and whether it will be that, or whether, it, whether this kingdom life and this supernatural life that God has for us, and the Bible talks about, will always be what somebody else experiences, but never you, will depend on your response to this next life-changing lesson. And here it is. If you really want to experience Jesus, step out from the crowd. Dare to be different. Dare to take the risk that faith requires, because faith always requires risk. It's uh, Hebrews 11.1 1 defines uh, faith as the um, assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. That, that makes faith a risk venture by its very nature. So every day, if our experience with Jesus is going to be real and vital in living, we have to keep believing a God that we can't see for results that we can't yet see. And many of us, I'm sure, don't think of ourselves as risk takers. <laughs> But as a disciple of Jesus, you're called to live a life of risk every day. You're daring to trust Christ and follow Christ wherever He leads you and into whatever He leads you, whether or not you always understand the reasons why. I was reading in Psalm uh, 44 recently, and the psalmist 
cried out. He said, he said, we don't understand why, but we trust in your unfailing love. Isn't that beautiful? We don't understand why, but we trust in your unfailing love. The call to follow Jesus is the call to a life of risks. And what's the risk? It, it might be putting God to the test and not see him do what you want or expect. Remember, expect the unexpected with Christ. It might be claiming a promise of God, not knowing if he'll actually deliver. It may be opening yourself to Christ in ways that may change you or change your circumstances. It may be being persecuted by those around you. It may mean being misunderstood as a Christian or labeled in unfair ways. It may, be, uh, may mean losing some relationships, only to gain others, of course, but you may have to give up some relationships. It may mean other people thinking you're crazy or some sort of religious nut, but if that's the case, so be it. As a follower of Jesus this week and in the future, dare to take the risks of faith. You won't be disappointed. You might be a little confused at times. You might be a little uh, threatened at times, a little uncomfortable at times, but Jesus will not disappoint you. Which leads me to the next life-changing lesson, and here it is. If you really want to experience Jesus, take the next step in faith, even if that's all you know. That's the same message we got a few weeks ago from Ashley and from Josh. But if you're going to live this life of faith and really experience Jesus, then you need to take that next step of faith, even if it's all you know. I appreciated what, uh, what Shane said earlier about obedience. You know, obedience leads to experience. It's not the other way around, though we'd like to think that. We, we'd like to think, Lord, show me. Do this, and then I'll have the faith to believe you. But that's not how it works. Obedience leads to experience. And there's the risk factor again. But even if obeying Christ leads you into some troubling circumstances, look for Jesus in the midst of those stormy and troubling circumstances. He's not just over the storm. He's in it with you, as he was with them. And again, I, I think the disciples must have been thinking, where's Jesus? I wish he was here, but he was. And storms are a part of life, but stormy experiences are one of the best environments for God to do his work in our life and for us to trust Christ because that's when we need him the most. So the question isn't, will you have storms in life? The question isn't, will you have storms this week? The question is, what will you do with your challenges and your difficulties when you have them? Where will you turn? Will you turn to yourself? Will you turn to another? Will you turn to a narcotic? Will you turn to a, a bottle? Will you turn to despair? Or will you turn to Jesus? And to his promises and his love and his faithfulness toward you. When, when you face a storm or a challenge, you know, God may speak a word into your spirit and he does that. But you can also hear God through the words of Scripture and, and through the promises that He's made and are still true for you, not the least of which is, I am with you always. So that's why it's important we get be beginning to, to know the Word. It, it helps us know God. It helps us in our faith. But remember, He's not only for you, He's with you. 
And as a believer, he's in you and always has a purpose and a plan for whatever you experience. And he wants what you experience to be a place where more than anything, you can experience more of his love and his grace and his goodness in your life. Here's the next lesson. If you really want to experience Jesus, look for and pray for miracles. There's nothing natural about Jesus. He is supernatural, and so is his life. Don't make miracles the goal, but let them make you more in love with Jesus. I wish we could take time right now and just take the time to share some of the miracles that have happened in your lives, because I know that there have been miracles that have happened in many of your lives. But we don't have time for that this morning. But in this passage, I see at least three miracles that happen. One, <clears throat> excuse me, of course, is Jesus walking on the water. That's a miracle. Another, in the Matthew 14 version of this passage, Peter says, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to step out in the water. And he says, come. And Peter steps out in the water and he begins to walk on the water until he takes his eyes off Jesus and puts them on the waves. The third miracle is it said, as soon as Jesus was in the boat, they had, were immediately at the place where they were going. A little bit of Star Trek transportation there. But they were immediately where they were going. All of those were miracles. It's a supernatural life Jesus calls us to. The life of a follower of Jesus is a life that is supernatural and miraculous by nature. To be transformed by Christ and a follower of Christ who is experiencing Jesus every day is to live supernaturally in Jesus, for Jesus, asking Jesus to do what only Jesus can do. Amen? I, my understanding from the scriptures is that a miracle, a real miracle, is something that only God can do. We often say about something, wow, that was, that was a miracle. Maybe. Or maybe it was just a natural law at work, or maybe it was a, a result of something human. Uh, but, but was it really something that only God could do? Because that's a real miracle. And we live in a day when many, 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 many people deny the reality of miracles. <clears throat> Diane and I are reading a book currently uh, by Lee Strobel called The Case for Miracles. Now, he, he himself came out of the background of being uh, an atheist and, and a skeptic. And he's interviewing person after person after person who's experienced documentable, provable miracles. But he also interviewed early in the book a, a skeptic of what he used to be, a skeptic who began with the presupposition in his life, who began with the belief that there are miracles don't happen. Miracles don't happen. And then built everything else out from there. But we begin from a different base, don't we? We believe in a God of miracles. We, we live in a society that often denies the reality <clears throat> excuse me, of miracles. And maybe sometimes we've asked God for a miracle and it hasn't happened. I don't know the reason why. Maybe God had a better plan. Maybe we had enough faith to ask for the miracle, but not enough to really believe He would do it. Or... Whatever. Part of the problem can also be our view of miracles as something unusual or epic. Like we think of a miracle having to be something like the parting of the Red Sea or the feeding of thousands of people with a little bit of food. When uh, God often does 
things every day that only God can do. And those are miracles. And sometimes I think, if I could use a little coastal illustration here, sometimes I think we look for a whale when what God is doing at the moment looks more like a salmon. Is that, is that a good coastal illustration? I think we can miss experiencing Jesus' miracle-working power and His love because we fail to realize that He wants us to seek Him in the small things as well as in the large and epic things as well. And you know, we as a church, and, and as well as we as individuals, we need some miracles, don't we? We're trusting God for some miracles in this building program. We need some financial miracles. We need some other miracles. We, some of us have a, a serious health need. Some of us know people who need to know Jesus and want nothing to do with Jesus. And, and that's going to take a miracle. Some of us uh, have needs related to our kids. Uh, there's just a wide variety of things we could name where we need miracles. But don't expect miracles if we're not living a life consistent with faith in Jesus. You can't expect a financial miracle if you're not being a good steward of what God has given you. You can't expect a miracle in your health if you're abusing your body and your health. You, you can't expect God to do a miracle if you're not letting your life be a reflection of Jesus. I asked us in an earlier sermon, how big is your God? And I want to throw that question out to us again. How big is your God? Can He still work miracles? I hope you believe He can because He does. He can and He does. And will you not just believe it in your head, but will you live into that truth enough to ask Him and to trust Him for some of those miracles, remembering that He may or may not work in the ways you expect, but He always does what's best. All right, last, last life-changing lesson for this morning, but here it is. If you really want to experience Jesus, keep in mind that His goals for your life may be different than your own. See, Jesus' goals, uh, goal for the disciples in this story wasn't just to get them from point A to point B. It wasn't just to get them from this shore over to that shore. And it's, it's not that way for us either. His goal for our life isn't just to get us through life. is isn't just to get us from birth to death or just to meet our, our physical needs. But it's to make you a real disciple who impacts others around you. He wants to make all the difference in you and use you to make a difference in this world. Believe it. And what Jesus was doing with his disciples was making them godly men. He was making them fishers of men, men who could lead others and who could influence others in eternal ways. And friend, whatever season you're in right now, whatever season of life, whatever season of experience, whatever describes your life right now, especially if it involves a personal storm, he's doing the same thing in you. You may not understand it all. You may doubt it at times. You may wonder why he's allowing these things. You may, you may wonder some of those things. But lean hard into your faith and lean hard into Jesus. He's doing a personal and powerful work in you. And he wants to use you to make a difference in the lives of others. How? I, I don't know. That's up to him. But your part, your calling is to follow him, to obey him, to trust him, to experience more of him. And then out of the overflow of that, he'll use you to help others experience him too. Today as we go to prayer, I'm reminding us 
of these things, and I'm 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 issuing the same challenge that Ashley and 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 uh, and uh, Logan it was. I said Josh Logan issued a, a few weeks ago, and that is to step over the line of faith, to take that step, and to step out in faith, and to trust God, and to lean into the arms of the God who loves you, who knows you better than anyone else, who can be trusted like no one else, who cares about you, who will only work for your best, and who will, who will accomplish His will in your life. Would you pray with me? <clears throat> Lord, we, uh, <clears throat> we all need these lessons and we all need to learn these, these important things in our life. And I, that's, that's for me too. And so continue to teach us by your Holy Spirit. Continue to help us to follow you and to really desire more of you and to trust you to, to lead us deeper into our experience with you. And this morning, if you're here this morning and you realize that you, you've known about Christ, but you've never taken that step of faith to actually know Christ. If that's you this morning, and you'd like to do that, and you'd like to have that relationship with Him, would you just pray a prayer like this? Lord, thank you for suffering and dying for me. Thank you for paying the price for my sin. Forgive me. Come into my life. Live in me by your Holy Spirit. And help me to live for you all the days of my life. I give myself to you. And I wonder for the rest of us what it is the Holy Spirit has been speaking to you as we've talked about these life-changing lessons. What, if you've been attentive to the Spirit and you've felt something pressed upon your heart or your mind, that could be the Holy Spirit speaking to you. Be attentive to that. And pray about that. And if you'd like someone to pray with you about that, I'll be available at the front afterwards. So we'll have others at the front and at the back with badges around their necks. You can identify them that way. But we would love to pray with you about your needs or about your relationship to Christ or about whatever it is that God is impressing upon you. Would you give us that opportunity to do that? So thank you, Lord, for your endless, boundless love. Thank you for your mercies every day. Thank you for faith. Increase us in faith. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.